0: Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast.
1: Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan.
2: And I'm Rachel.
1: And this podcast brought to you by Rampage Coffee. We are gathered here today. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Finally, have connected with our guest. Right, and he looks he, familiar. And he looks familiar to me. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and I hope, and I hope that uh, a few people, our listeners, already know about him. But we have Brent Thomas from the Paranormal Portal. Thank you, Brent, for joining us. In- oh,
4: thanks for having me. I, I just love every opportunity that you get to get out and, and get on other shows and meet new people, create new, new bridges and avenues between, you know, because a lot of shows are so competitive and, and uh, you know, I don't know, they do hatchet jobs on each other and stuff. But I, I really embrace the idea that uh, this is a community and we have amazing people with amazing backgrounds. And, and the more networking we do, the better this is going to get.
3: Absolutely. Um, Brent, I made a point of not uh, trying to find out too much about you. Uh, I, know, I know that uh, you have the Paranormal Portal, your podcast, uh, the radio show. You do a, a live YouTube stream as well. Um, where did it all begin for you? Where did your interest in the paranormal start, and, and how did you end up being the host of your own show? Yeah, well, the,
4: the interest in the paranormal, I think, was... Born into me, to be honest with you, I, I don't believe I remember a time where I didn't find this stuff incredibly fascinating and cool. Like even as a small child, I was I was reading and, and trying to get my hands on everything I could about ghosts, about Bigfoot, about uh, you know UFOs and and strange phenomena, and it's always just been a passion of mine. Um, you know even. Yeah, I mean, literally from being a small child, but long before the days of the interwebs and stuff, uh, you know, I was going to my public library and checking out books and and staying there, you know, laying down on the floor as a smaller boy in the you know in the aisle with these books on ghosts and and you know monsters and and just paging through them and reading and, and so it's always been something I've been just I don't know why it's just something that really appeals to me. I think I understand now why but I, at that age I just thought it was really cool but I think what it is is that as I got older um, it's just really nice to live in a world that has mystery that has there's still there's still adventure and discovery out there and there's still things we have to learn and it's that you know the mandate of our of our of our modern world labels and categorizes and shelves everything. And, and there's a hubris to it. So I love that the paranormal defies all of that. And it, and it creates this world of mystery and magic and, and, uh, unknowns that, and I really think we stand to learn so much from it. So, I mean, all through my life, I've been just gathering all the information I can as a, as just a hobby. Um, and it's, I guess it's. I've had a, a whole bunch of personal experiences as well with ghosts, living in haunted houses, with seeing a UFO, with. I believe I was. I was confronted by a, a Bigfoot, although I didn't see it, but I can share that story with you guys. It's. Uh, it was pretty intense. I was only 14 at the time, but. Um, all of this really helped to continue. To whet my appetite and to create, a, you know, that passion and the journey to try to understand not only what was going on in the world, but what was going on to me when these things were happening, and and you know what could it all mean? Uh, so, me getting a show was actually just kind of happenstance. And I, I guess growing up, I, I you know, you have, everybody has those friends that they just know what they're going to do with their lives. They knew, you know, from a young age, I'm going to be this when I grow up, and sure enough, they would do that. And I was, I was the, the kid that never had a clue. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I was supposed to do and what what was my journey and so I've done a lot of things throughout my life from working in factories, working in sales, working in uh, teaching computers to working in the prison system to Let's see what else. I've done I.T. work on the college and university level and privately. And I just did so many different things, but never really found where I felt like I belonged. And it was at, the, at a job that I worked at. There was another guy there that owned Truth Frequency Radio. And he was a he was a, a contractor for the company I worked for doing I.T. stuff. And he and I started talking and I just like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I want to do a show. And the funny thing was, is it was like this show was already made on some other level. It was already in existence on some other level. Because as soon as I made that choice, the name, boom, Paranormal Portal came to me. And the, and the whole idea of it came to me. And what I wanted to do, it just all flowed like this floodgates. It was like, you know, I found my home. I found what I, I feel like I need to do. And so he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I've been doing it ever since. And that was about five years ago uh, on TFR. Uh, and then I branched off and started the YouTube channel. And then from there, I met Wes Germer of Sasquatch Chronicles. he's like, why isn't your show a podcast? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so it became a podcast as well. And so now it's, it's all of those things. And it's growing. And, and it's just been
3: a, an amazing ride. Right. Well, you know what? Um, I, I think the three of us should just leave for an hour while you keep talking
2: and you know,
3: and we'll we'll come back we're gonna go down to the pub for a, a pint and yeah. some wings and uh you, know, we'll just, you just keep talking there buddy yeah. just, just bring me a sandwich i'm good yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll ups you some wings or uh, whatever you want
1: right yeah. yeah i i know exactly what you mean how things fall together so quickly even with uh, our podcast uh yes it was it was a thought and then bang it it happened so quickly and here we are uh, 76 77 episodes in now so
4: nice congratulations
1: mm-hmm. yeah
3: yeah and we talk about uh, the you know no no coincidences and all the synchronicities that we have as well and getting back to uh, getting back to your encounters you seem to be like me you've had the trifecta of uh, paranormal with the UFO the spirits and the bigfoot um, can you start uh, with the, the the haunted house that you lived in and maybe tell us uh, yeah. a bit of a story from one of those uh, locations oh, sure. you lived in. I-
4: there's a lot of stories, and it's it's it mostly took place in two houses. Now I don't know if if it followed us from one to the other, or if just there just happened to be a, a pretty strong presence in both places. But uh, the first the first place uh, was a house that was built. It was brand new. My uncle built the house, and uh, he's you know my my ex wife and I at the time were like looking for a place to live, and uh, he said you know do you want to just come rent this house? And we're like oh sure yeah that'd be great. So it's a brand new house, and with that comes the you know the idea. And I wasn't really thinking paranormally, but you know whenever you see a new house, it's like well that's going to be clean. There's not going to be any problem with that. No weirdness. But that couldn't have been further from the truth. That that was one of the most haunted houses I've ever lived in, and so a lot of strangeness happened. Like the first thing, well many things with creaking doors, footsteps when nobody else was around in the house, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. But there were two really profound events it seemed to really target my ex-wife much more than me but at one time I was sitting down on the on the on the living room floor and I used to work nights so when my nights off I'd just stay up really late and uh keep that same schedule so I was a night owl I was just sitting there and at the time I smoked cigarettes and I was sitting on the floor smoking a cigarette looking up at the tv and which was a 19 inch tv up on an entertainment stand I'm sitting there relaxing windows are open it's a beautiful summer night and uh, <laughs> just minding my own business, and the next thing I know, there's this little golden light, and it's about the size of a nickel or a quarter, and it's about two feet in front of my face, and it just drifts right in front of my eyes, And this slow, it looked like a little miniature sun, just not quite that bright, but it was this luminescent golden ball of light.
2: Hmm.
4: And, And at the time, I didn't even have a vocabulary for it, what I was seeing. I didn't know what it was, I just knew that it was really strange I, I mean, I'd heard the idea of spirit orbs, but I I didn't really have a concept for what that meant other than a few grainy photos in the library. You know, it's like I didn't really know what that meant. So I, I just looked at it and I was, it's drifting in front of my face. And I'm like, well, I bet you I could catch that. <laughs> so I'm like, and I'm asking myself as it's drifting by, I'm like, should I grab that? And I'm like, no, I should not grab that. I don't know what that is. I'm just going to watch it. And sure enough, it drifted by and then boom, it's just. Gone. It just like was gone, and and it was this incredible event of seeing something like that. And, and of course, that sent me on a journey. Like, what what the hell was that? I don't know what this is. This is strange. So I did find out that other people had seen these balls of light that they called spirit orbs, um, and they looked in many cases like balls of light. Now the spirit orbs that I was familiar with were these, you know, these strange. Most often, uh, I, I think there are light leaks or uh, lens flares and stuff that people say, this is a, a spirit orb. But maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But this was not ambiguous at all. There was no camera involved. It was my naked eye. And it just drifted right in front of my eyes. So that was my my first really profound event to happen at that house. And another time, um, I had I had come home from work early. And it was uh, it was still in the daytime. And so I was like, you know what? this is perfect, because I worked in a factory at the time, and I was all grubby, horribly grubby. And so I'm like, yes, because the problem with this brand new house was it had the water pressure of like a, <laughs> like a well. I mean, it was like a dump a bucket kind of well, not the you know, <laughs> well water like we're all familiar with. It was just terrible water pressure. And what would happen was, I don't, you know, it didn't matter what time I took a shower, that was always the perfect time for my wife to decide she was gonna do dishes. <laughs> <laughs> and once she did that, water would go ice cold. So it was something I was really familiar with. It'd be like, I'd be lathering. i was like, oh, you know. And uh, I was all excited (laughs) because I had the house to myself. So I locked all the doors and stuff. I got, you know, got all ready and got in the bathroom, locked the bathroom door. And I'm in the shower, and I'm just loving it. Got all the hot water. Everything's good. Life is good. The day was melting away, uh, and, uh, and I'm all soapy and feeling clean. And next thing I know, the water, boom, just goes ice cold. I'm like no, <laughs> <laughs> she must to come home. God, you know, I'm just having a bummer. And so I, I'm in ice cold water. I'm quick washing the soap out of my eyes and my hair and stuff. And my whole mood changed at that point. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and uh, I got done. And I and I shut off the water in the shower. And I'm still hearing water blasting. Like, well, what what is that? Because it's not like uh, I'm in the kitchen. And I open the shower curtain, and in the sink right on the other side of the toilet. So I'm in this bathtub uh, shower, the toilet, and then in the sink right over there is the hot water blasting full ballast into the sink. Wow. i'm all alone and and it wasn't one of those knobs that oh you know weird plumbing that can sometimes turn on it wasn't like that it was it was a brand new really stiff knob and it was blasting it and i was like Whoa. you know I got, I got like these wheelies. i don't know what it is about that but there's something about being naked and experiencing something like that <laughs> it, just, it just feels so much worse so i was kind of creeped out of that but sure enough i got my towel shut off the water ran through the house i'm still all alone And I was like, oh, my God. So that was a little creepier uh, experience. And then I moved, my my ex-wife and I moved into an old Victorian house that I owned. And we got in there, and there was a lot of strangeness uh, that she experienced. There was a kitchen door that would always get hung up on the shade carpeting, and it was one of those kitchen doors that goes both ways, like kind of, you know, the boom, boom. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it, but (laughs) the doors that are hinged for either way. Well, it would always get hung up on the carpeting, and it took a decent amount of pressure to push it closed. So she would always have experiences where she'd be sitting there studying. I'd be working at, in the nights, and uh, she would she would hear that door start to start to move, and then all of a sudden go, pum, pum, pum. you know, <laughs> and it always freaked her out. She was a you know very religious person, so hmm. this was really really a tough thing on her. And another time, she had this cheap brass furniture um you know we, we didn't have a lot in those days we were pretty much taking we could get but we found this this old used uh cheap brass dinette set with the glass table and the tubular brass chairs and they would always squeak horribly whenever anybody sat in it we didn't have any pets at the time but she would hear those chairs squeaking as if somebody was putting pressure on them and it really freaked her out now that that <laughs> that marriage went, went the way of the, of the dinosaur. so, you know, we split up and whatever, and, you know, uh, not that this, that's what this is about, but I was in that same house living alone, and I, I had a lot of weird things there happening. Um, my bed would shake, like, like somebody was sitting there shaking it uh, very often, but for some reason, it never freaked me out, and I always thought, is there something wrong with me when these things happen? Is there something wrong with me? Because, Usually people are talking about just being, you know, just really freaked out. You got to leave, but I'm just like, "Oh, okay." And then the kind of the crowning moment of that was in I was leaving the house and at that time I didn't have much furniture because after after those relationships go south, you end up losing a lot of your stuff. So there was no there was no there was no table or dining room set at all. So that that dining room area was empty. But I was walking out of the house. I got all ready because I had to run and I was going somewhere. And I don't remember where, but I just walked under, uh, walked through the, the dining room, and I got to the door to, le- to head out, and suddenly I had the urge that I had to turn around. So I turned back around and looked back to the dining room, and just then the chandelier pulled out of the ceiling. And I mean pulled out of the ceiling, like bringing down uh, plaster and everything with it. Wow. Uh, and, I, and again, it was one of those weird situations where I probably should have been like, I'm out of here, you know, but all I thought at the time was, Oh God! I gotta fix that now. You know, <laughs> so yeah, he's, just, he's just my way. But uh, that, those were the two, the, several really big events, and there's lots of smaller ones that happened. I saw a full body apparition in that home. Um, lots of other things moving around, disappearing doors, you know, that kind of stuff. But they were—it they, just got to be kind of the, the way things went. And I also noticed in my time, in my years of living in that house, that there was definitely a correlation to seasons. Like they're, the activity do be much less during certain seasons and then kick up in the late summer coming into fall around the Halloween season yeah. and then be pretty
3: quiet through the winter. I don't know. It was just very strange. Now, the first home that you were in that, you, that your uncle had built, did, did you, uh-huh. did, you it, did you think it was anything connected to the land maybe? Or? I believe it must have been. I believe it must have been. Now, I know there was some, some Native
4: American burial ro- uh, mounds that were discovered in that area. Right. I don't know that that area specifically was location to that but it was known to be you know i mean all of the area around there was was native american land at one point so you know god only knows what happened there in the distant past or or what could have been there maybe there was a burial mound and and the developers just went no we don't see anything you know it's hard to say right but you know there's a lot of lot of stories of that kind of stuff where they just kind of sweep that stuff under the rug
3: because it gets in the way of schedules and and bottom lines so for sure it's all about it's all about the money too right Mm-hmm. So, now you, you never had anyone like a psychic medium come in or a paranormal group to uh, do any investigations. No, no,
4: never did. Um, I, I was, I, I was always okay with it. I mean, I don't know how to, how to explain that other than I, I never got freaked out really. Other than the shower, that was the only time I, got, I felt free, freaked out. But, <laughs> uh, but other than that, I just I was always okay with being around that kind of activity. I never felt threatened by it. I never felt endangered
3: or anything it was just part of my life right well it's like when i was on your show uh, a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh, you know like when the spirit punched me in the face yeah you know the the first thing i thought was oh that was so cool yeah you know (laughs) like i I didn't i didn't freak out and i didn't you know go running for the hills you know but the first thought was oh that's amazing Mm-hmm. yeah like yeah, what a what a, what a thing to experience that' that's that's what went through my head <laughs> and I've experienced you know and I'm sure you have things since then and oh, yeah. it's all about your mindset right and, right. and we keep yeah. and I keep hearing that from a lot of uh, psychic mediums and people who deal with malicious and dark uh, entities it's, you know you keep a good mindset you try not to uh, give into it or acknowledge it too much and I, th- I think in the back of your head, you kind of had that, you know, that little uh, idea as well. That yeah, you didn't, did. That, that you, didn't, thing, you yeah. didn't scream and run, and, you know, you were like, oh, this damn yeah. chandelier, now I'm going to have yeah. to replace it and fix it. <laughs> I
4: know, I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, no, you know, because it was like I already had a laundry list of things going on in my life, and that's why not add a chandelier, Right. you know?
3: Brent, do you, do you think that you have any... uh Clairvoyant abilities, or any medium oh, mediumship? You see spirits, obviously.
4: I, I have seen them. I don't normally, though. I, I, the, what I do normally see is light. Uh, I'll see uh, strange lights that appear and disappear, and I don't know. There seem to be presences. I've, I've, I have, as I said, witnessed a full-bodied apparition before, but that was only one time. Uh, I do, I do. Believe that I'm very empathic, and I, I usually, you know, sense those kind of things and emotions and and you know the vibes of rooms and stuff. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's in there, and it might I might be much better at it if it was something that I would, you know, meditate on and develop. But you know, it's just I, I think that I think we all are, though. You know what I mean? I think that there's no one exclusive person or people that have the market cornered on this. I think it's just by virtue of us being. Uh, you know, incarnate spirit, that we have these abilities within us. It's just some people seem to be genetically more turned on right away and not have to develop it. But I think that it's all a part of our makeup.
3: Right. And do you, do you think that your senses have fine-tuned a little bit more having done the show and opening up to guests and and uh, mm-hmm. spirit and that type of thing as well? I think so, because I think
4: any time you... you Expend energy focusing on something, you bring it into your into your realm and your sphere much more. Um, you know, we've had psychics on the shows. Uh, we have a wonderful psychic, Debardo, who comes on and does readings and stuff. And I'll just usually sit quietly as she's doing it and see what I pick up. You know, and I don't, I do volunteer it during the show, but sometimes there's correlation and sometimes there isn't. Uh, you know, and I just figure she's so much more dialed in than I am. But yeah, I mean, it's. Right. I, I think when you when you anytime you expend energy on something, you end up. Creating more of that in yourself, or expanding
3: the the uh, the awareness of it. Yeah, Rachel is our uh, resident psychic medium. Oh, wonderful. wonderful! She's pretty quiet at times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, are you picking up anything on Brent at all?
2: Just he's already chased that rabbit down that hole.
3: <laughs> oh, really? Well, see, you're you're, you're meant to be you're meant meant to be here, right? Absolutely. This is this is your calling.
4: <laughs> yep. I think so. I, I mean I, I really do feel like as I said before it was it was so frustrating not to know and it seemed like I was on I was the slow one because everyone else knew. But once it, once once I came to the realization this is this is it. It was just like I don't know it was like being actualized, you know? Have you ever
1: uh had anything happen in the studio oh, yeah. other than tonight when we were yeah. trying yeah. to get everything working? Yeah. Like I'm I mean, besides yeah. technical issues, mind you, but I mean...
4: Uh... And that's the hard part for a lot of it, is that, you know, it, it's easy for anybody on the outside to go, well, you know, it's electronic, it's the internet, it's, right. you know, things get glitchy, and it's easy for people to to say, no, nah. I mean, it's probably something else. And it's hard to argue that, because, you know... Uh, sure. You know, how do you quantify spirit? But... Um, I, yeah, I've had a lot of weird things happen. A lot, a lot of weird things happen. Um, I've caught orbs. Uh, I've had people tell me they've seen orbs, and when I go back and look at the footage, I can't explain. It. I had an orb coming down around my shoulder, just disappeared, came into presence, and then came out, you know, within a few feet or, uh, you know, several inches. I've had EVPs on, on the recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was talking about cleansing the other night on the show about a week and a half ago, maybe a week ago. And uh, it was like someone went, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then uh, I have been sitting here and seeing the shadow person. Uh, see, so, you know where where I'm sitting. What you don't see is I got a wall of monitors. I got three very big monitors in front of me, my mixing board over here, and my keyboard and mouse, and and then uh, you know various things. And then the wall behind me. But what you don't see is on the other side of the monitors is my music area where I do music and uh, write songs and and produce music and at the time i had a bunch of boxes and stuff back over there because i really wasn't working on music was just transitioning things around in here and i was sitting here at at my desk and it was in the evening my wife is not a a tall woman she's around five foot six five foot five right in that area and i'm sitting here and i'm kind of looking like this and i see a head and shoulders and a torso about her size walk in go a little bit further and then duck down. And I'm like, well, what is she doing? What's she doing back there? There shouldn't be anything she needs back there. So I, I sat there for a second and she didn't get up and didn't get up and I'm like, what's going on? And then I stood up and walked around and I'm like, Oh, there's boxes here. Nobody could have walked back there. So that was a really wild one that somebody just decided to say, hey, I'm here, and uh, duck behind the monitors like that. It was all all shadowy. It was all dark. Um, I don't usually have a lot of light in here, as you can probably imagine, but, uh, you know, even when I'm sitting alone, I'll be just the only thing illuminating in, in here is the monitors, so... Right. Um, you know, yeah, I've I've had plenty of stuff. We've had we we've had a lot of stuff going on in this in this house, and of course the studio is just another room in our house. It's not like we have a separate building for it. But um, yeah, and, and I'm sure it's because again, getting back to that idea, anytime you're talking about things, you're you are you are creating a magnetism. There's That's an old right. an old es- mm-hmm. esoteric belief. You know in a lot of ancient practices that have to do with magnetism and it's kind of that you know the what is it the key or the whatever that new idea is with the, that basically just regurgitated a lot of old ideas um, but in the is that you you polarize yourself to bring things into your life well when we're talking about paranormal yeah you know, we are polarizing ourselves to draw that in
3: right, right.
1: yep Manif- uh-huh. manifesting Yes, right. exactly.
3: Yeah, perfect. And how how is wife number two with the the paranormal stuff? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Good question. You know, it's, it's it, in many ways it's really perfect because she's really not into this stuff at all. Okay, and so that that is almost better because she's in many ways a counterbalance. You know that that right. she's got her, her feet firmly in that world and. And I've got my feet in this world and between the two that creates a balance, you know? So she's, she, a lot of times she'll be just like not really paying attention with it, but she's had many things happen to her that she can't ignore. Um, one of which was, the room the studio's in now used to be our, uh, our bedroom. And uh, where I'm sitting was basically uh, about the headboard of the bed. And then outside of this room is the living room. And, you know, basically if you're laying on the bed, you could see the, the big screen TV out there. Now, it was a late night. I'd been upstairs where the studio used to be. Came down after it was all done, got everything all shut down and came down. And and uh, I was just playing with my wife and little child at that time. He was about two. And uh, I just said, well, you know, I'm going to get ready to go to bed. I was pretty wiped out. So nobody was watching TV. And Everything was off in the house, except she was in here in, the, in the, what was the bedroom. And I was uh, on the other side of the house in the bathroom, and my little one followed me. He came with me, and so I was in there brushing my teeth, getting ready and stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear, I hear my wife going, who's playing with the TV? And I'm like, you know, obviously, we're the only three people in the house. Well, two of us are in the bathroom, and one of us is in the living room. But And then she came, and she's like, who's messing with the remote? I'm like, well, nobody is wearing hair. What's going on? She, and she, she brought me out to the living room. And there on the screen, what, I'll explain to you what was on the screen, but basically the screen was frozen on an image, and I'll get to that. But what, what she said she witnessed was she was laying in the bed. The TV came on. It started going through menus, going through selections, pulled up a live TV channel, and was on the live TV channel, which was like a A&E or something like that, I don't remember which channel it turned on to, but he was laying there, and she's watching all this, and then the first time she yelled, who's messing with the TV? Boom, the live TV froze on an image. The image it froze on was a close-up of Charlie Sheen, like basically showing his, his eyes and, his, and the bridge of his nose, and he's got this, he's looking sideways like this, and then there's ghostly letters saying infamous below him that were coming into play it was a freeze frame of a commercial that they were showing because of a charlie sheen show they were doing but it was perfect perfectly framed that it looked like he was looking in at her oh,
3: wow. and, it, and it absolutely freaked her out now
4: i took her out of the living room and showed her where the remote was which was up on top of book, bookcases it's not like it was just wedged in a couch cushion and getting pushed or something it was way out of the way but it froze just on that screen and, and it really freaked her out so needless to say My plans of going to sleep were absolutely wiped out because she made me smudge the whole house.
3: (laughs) And throw in all your Charlie Sheen DVDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, which is uh, Not a big collection, by the way. No. No.
2: (laughs)
0: You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Are you tired of stale grocery store coffee? Mm Mm-hmm. Then you need to check out Rampage Coffee. It's roasted fresh to order and delivered to your doorstep anywhere in Canada and the United States. It's delicious, and they have a high-caffeine blend called C4 that will blast you out of your morning slippers. Oh, wow. Get free shipping in Canada on their sampler bundle to try all four of their fantastic blends using the code PHANTOM. Go to RampageCoffee.com today. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel.
1: So, tell Toby, uh, have you ever gone on any ghost hunts, or have you been with a paranormal group at all? or?
4: Yeah, actually, we just got back from a, a, a research trip. Um, what we did is we go over to uh, Montana, which is not too far away. It's just a, a several hours drive. But we go over to near Missoula, there's a, town, a ghost town called Coloma. Mm -hmm. And uh, we go over there, we've been over there two years in a row now, this is the second year. But it's basically this this is an old mining town that just kind of just went belly up suddenly and there's no records on it. There's another ghost town about four miles away that they have every record you can imagine. They know the people that live there, how much gold they pulled out of the ground, every detail is known. But this other town was just a mystery and it was bigger. It was actually a bigger community than the one that everybody knows. It's called Garnet, is the one everybody knows. Garnet or
3: yeah I think they, they pronounce it Garnett but um and I had actually that, listened to those podcasts uh that yeah you, that you did the, the the live well not live but the recorded uh interactions you had with the portal and yes s- the spirit box and it was it was a pretty active place I'd, I'd love to get out there one day well we're going to go back out uh,
4: probably next July so if you're if you're if you're able to make the run, we'd love to have you guys. Welcome <laughs> to join awesome. us. But yeah, we do go out. Um, I'd love to do a lot more of that. But as with anything, it's all you know basically restrained by you know financial viability. Is it is it are we able to? And sure. you know as the show is growing, it's become becoming more and more potential for us to get out and do more of that because I really love it. I really got the bug to do that. Um, and everybody, we we actually brought some listeners with us. You know, we kind of just said, hey, this is where we're going to be. If you guys want to come and join us, this is what's happening. And and sure enough, uh, um, four four of our listeners joined us up there as well. Oh, and so cool. it was really neat. No, we just great. went into this old mining community and, and checked it out and did some investigating and, and poked around. It's also known as a hotspot for uh, Bigfoot as well. So we kind of had a, a stacked deck there. But uh, we definitely had some ghostly stuff. And if you look at our investigations playlist on YouTube, You'll see several videos from this year and last year, that that uh, you know will will we'll take you there with us, and you can see what we experienced.
3: Did you have your uh, UFO sighting in Idaho, or in- I did. Okay, Actually, I did. Yeah, uh, funny you should say that because I don't know that I've ever mentioned
4: that to you, but yeah, I was it was, uh, it was uh, about six and a half years ago. Before I lived here, I lived in Minnesota, as I said, and I worked for a company, and I would telecommute. I was doing a lot of marketing stuff for them. And uh, I would come up here where the company located to. Then when the company started, it was in Indiana, but they wanted to relocate out here. So the company relocated to this very community. And um, the owner of the company had bought a really nice house up in, uh, up in a logging road, basically, um, about 20 minutes away from the closest town. And uh, he had it all fixed up and was all set, but he and his family didn't live there yet. He's like, you know, you're coming into town, if you want, you can just stay in the mountain, in the mountain house up there and uh, that way I don't have to get you a hotel room. I'm like, well, sure. Now, he, he uh, I'll just tell the story if that's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, he, he had these night vision binoculars and I was really excited because you know of course you're away from light pollution and stuff and I love looking at the stars not that not that I'm an astronomer by any means but I just think it's just beautiful amazing to you know being away from the light pollution looking up at the stars and so I was really excited to try the night vision binoculars because a lot of the stars in our galaxy are red stars and are not visible with the naked eye so with the infrared you see all the normal stars plus a whole host of stars you've never seen before and and it's bizarre because you can't even recognize the constellations in the sky, there's so many new stars. Mm-hmm. It's just intense. And uh, I was really excited because I was gonna go play with those nitrogen binoculars and check that out because I'd heard of that. So I'm up and in, up in, got through all the meetings, I went back up to the cabin, it's all me alone. There's not another, uh, well there's other buildings up in this area, but they're all seasonal cabins. And this was, I think, late spring um, and of 2014. Maybe it, was, maybe it was towards fall, I can't, I don't know. Anyway. I went up there and I I got up the night vision binoculars and sure enough I'm looking at the night sky standing out in front of the house all by myself not another soul for miles and miles and miles it's just me in this valley and uh, the house is built in a valley it's up on one side of the valley below is the little stream called trout creek and then the opposing slope going up to the other mountain is there so I'm on the side of this valley with these night vision binoculars looking up at the sky just marveling at, at the night sky, it was just incredible, and it was it was everything I thought it'd be and more. And I'm, then I just started having fun with night vision binoculars. So I'm looking around, looking at the other slope on the other mountain, looking at the trees like, wow, I can see all that even though it's dark. Now there's a bit of moonlight. It wasn't a, a, like there was it was some ambient light from the moon. The, the it was a maybe a quarter or less of the moon, and then uh, you know the starlight. It actually your eyes adjust and, and you can see okay. But I was just really having a blast looking at the night vision binoculars, seeing all the stuff. The night vision binoculars were four power, so it's not like they were, you know, like normal binoculars that are like 20 power or whatever, or whatever they are. I don't know. But I'm looking around and then I, I decided to look on the side that I'm on and I look down the driveway. It's all black down there with the naked eye. Put up the night vision binoculars, I could see everything. So I'm like a kid playing with these things. It was great. I've never had the chance to do that before, so I'm having a ball. And so then I pan, I, I decided to pan up on the side that I'm on, and I'm going up this, it might have been a ponderosa pine, I'm not really uh, real knowledgeable for trees, but it's some kind of conifer that's really tall, so I get to the top of the tree, and I'm still panning up, going back up to the night sky, and I get about 30 feet above that tree, and boom, there's a flying saucer sitting there, absolutely silent, not a sound, but as I'm looking at it through the night vision binoculars, it's pulsating with light, it's the, the proverbial... Two pie plates, you know, one the top one inverted. And instead but instead of it coming to a point where the two pie plates would come together, there's a gap with these panels, and these panels are flashing intermittently with light going around and around it. And I'm like, you know, oh my god, you know. I've always had an open mind for this stuff. I've always believed, but I've always looked at the sky and never seen anything and always been really disappointed in that. Because people are having these amazing sightings and I always looked at the sky and never saw anything strange. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm looking at it just like oh my god it's real it's there there they are they're right here I can see it it's real it's no longer a possibility it's a fact and so my whole paradigm is just blown wide open as I'm looking at this and then I'm like I gotta see this with my naked eyes so I lower the, I lower, I lower the binoculars and I'm looking up in that same location and nothing there's nothing there. there there's a pine tree and there's the night sky with the stars behind it but there's nothing there and I'm like you're, like, you're kidding me what what the hell's going on? So I let raise up the binoculars. It's there. Absolutely still sitting there in that same position, but I can't see it with my own eyes. It's cloaked or hidden or something. It didn't exist in the normal light spectrum that our eyes perceive. Lowering, raising, lowering, raising. It's still there. It hasn't moved. It's just sitting there. And I'm like, Oh my God. You know, and that's when it really sold me that it couldn't have been something that we made because it's doing this, you know, it's, you know, you always hear about those breakaway space civilizations and man-made, reverse-engineered, you know, whatever. But this thing was cloaked. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's so far outside of the realm of what I think is possible for us. So I'm like, those are, those are actually extraterrestrials just sitting there. That's crazy. And I'm watching and watching, and then the, then it real, I, the, the realization hit me. It's like, I'm sitting here. I'm alone in the, in the whole valley, and I'm watching them. Well, chances there—they're
3: sitting up there above that tree watching me. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, oh no! Oh no! Wait a minute! And you, know what, you know what's up? funny? You know what's funny, Brent? I know the end of this story because I've heard it before. You know, oh. we we talk about synchronicities and coincidences. You've you've told this on another podcast, haven't you?
4: Yes, I have. I was it, it Was it Sasquatch, Sasquatch Chronicles? Chronicles? Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because you got halfway through, and I went, "Wait a second! I've heard this story before." <laughs> And it just it just dawned on me that that was you that I was listening to, yes. because yep. as soon as you I mean, talked about looking up over the uh, the tree with with the yeah. uh, the night vision binoculars, I went I know the rest of this story, but yeah. uh, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was like I was sitting here smiling like an idiot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> grinning like a ghoul. so uh, please continue. They were they were checking you out for sure. Yeah,
4: so I well it just dawned on me like they're checking me out. <laughs> I'm the only thing going on in this valley. They're sitting there watching me, and then it's suddenly like, oh, my God, I didn't figure I needed any probing that night, so I just... (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'm good. So I go in and shut the doors, lock the doors. I'm just all sitting in there, but... I couldn't sleep for hours because all of a sudden this was a reality.
3: Yeah, this
4: was real. It was now part of my life that I'd seen and experienced this, mm-hmm. and I was incredibly honored, but I was also incredibly nervous because I'm peeking out the blinds all <laughs> around the house
3: like <laughs> they're not waiting wait for the little graves <laughs> to come and collect you, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So wow. I,
1: this was only visible to you though when you had the night yeah, vision yeah. binoculars. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. So it was like in the infrared spectrum. So yeah, they were visible i mean it's a chroma key so you've got a green field yeah. that you're seeing but the, the saucer only existed by utilizing that now that's that's the part that really shakes me and, and really rattles me is because what are the odds that i would yeah. happen to be up there in the mountains with these night vision binoculars just happen to be at my disposal and and at that time that i happened to go outside there happened to be a ufo right there yeah you know i mean you think of you think of serendipities and synchronicities, and there's there's such a host of them there yeah. that it's just I
3: was meant to see that. Maybe yeah. your boss is from another planet. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, right? I could, I could almost agree with you. Believe me. Yeah. yeah. Can you give me but an idea of the
4: the size of the saucer. I I think it was about the size of a school bus. Okay. You know, judging by the distance it was away from me, I uh, you know whatever that is. What is that? Forty feet or whatever? Mm-hmm. Thirty feet. I don't know how long a school bus is, but roughly roughly that. 30 to 40 feet diameter is what I would say.
3: And yeah. you, did, you didn't think to uh, hours later when it was still dark, just have another peek and see if it was there? No, no.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you
4: know, I was just, I, 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 I've heard all those stories, right? You know, where they see it and then the next thing you know, if they're waking up, uh, you know, in their car somewhere, you know, with hours and hours missing, it's like, nope, this is real enough. I'm good. You know, <laughs> I want to. I just, I wasn't going to make myself too available after that. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they I have, know, I, you don't know who's looking at you. You
3: don't know what their no. intent is. You
4: have That's no right. Like. Yeah. But the the extraterrestrial the yeah. extra stuff,
3: uh, the extraterrestrial stuff really, really gets into your psyche. You know, like I've had people, you know, say, well, even in my own experience, I've had interaction with, with Bigfoot. You know, mm-hmm. I've had poltergeist activity everything else and you know one of the stories i didn't tell you when i was on your show and maybe i'll get back on there another time had to do with extraterrestrials and i was like nope i don't want anything to do with them like wow. give, give me bigfoot give me poltergeists and ghosts all day long but as soon as the alien stuff pops up i'm like no nope, i i'm out of here yeah so he he alienates them that's right yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool to hear that story a second time (laughs) Uh, yeah
4: i mean i I don't mean to be redundant no no that's that's
3: great because i mean i'm sure we have a lot of listeners uh who don't listen to sasquatch chronicles but they should if they're into that sort of thing because it's a fantastic show Mm -hmm. and uh you said that you you have had an interaction or what you believed with a sasquatch. Yeah, so that shares this on Wes's show too. So, uh, oh, so, cool. <laughs> you, also, we've we never Well, I'll let you. I'll just let you go then.
4: Yeah. Well, the the situation there was I was 14 years old. This is is actually probably my first paranormal experience. Uh, i never. Yeah, I don't recall ever having. I mean, I recall looking my whole life for the paranormal, but. This is the first time that I think I found it, and what it was is my uh, my neighbor and I were really best friends. Um, he wasn't there all the time. I lived out really rurally uh, in a house that was basically buttoned up to the state uh, state wildland, and it was a, a state forest. Um, and we would always hike up the bluff. You know, and bluffs are basically uh, mountains, but they're much smaller and have a rounded top instead of a pointed top. So we would always hike up there, and we were hiking up this dry run. It's, a, it's only a springtime melt run, but it's this beautiful ravine, you know, amazingly picturesque and, and really peaceful and cool. But it was just kind of what we did, because we grew up all, all out in the, uh, you know, so far away from town and stuff. We were the kids that played in the woods. That's what we did. So I was 14, he was 15. We hiked up the hill, got to the top, and we're up there dorking around for a while, and then, it was starting to get later in the day, you know, in the afternoon, and you got to be down off the hill because there's no lights. And once it gets dark, in those forests, it gets pitch black. Uh, I made the mistake of judging that wrong one time and coming down in pitch darkness, and that's uh, so dangerous and stupid. But anyway, we're coming down the the dry run again. Let me get to this part that's like a. It's like a, a dried up waterfall and there's about an eight foot drop in front of us and it's all boulders, and, you know, limestone boulders and this whole field going down uh, in this ravine and the holler as they say down south. But uh, I was like, well, you know, I needed a break. We kind of had been hiking down pretty hard. So we got to that part and we stopped and we we're just going to stop and look down the ravine, catching our breath. And, you know, you kind of got to plot your course when you go down this uh, because it gets really funky when you're going downhill. So we're stopped there and there was, just out of nowhere, about eight feet behind us, suddenly there was this, it's hard to explain, it's hard to put it into words, but it was the most deep, bassy, rumbling growl that I've ever heard in my life. Now, this is southern Minnesota. The biggest thing we've got is white-tailed deer. Mm -hmm. I mean, there aren't big predators there. There aren't even black bear. Mm -hmm. There aren't, I mean, we've got raccoons, foxes, maybe some coyotes no
3: mountain lions what, what's that no uh, cougars or mountain lions no
4: no i mean absolutely none um but whatever made this sound was huge and i mean huge it was like it rattled my body as much as i heard it in my ears i could feel my body shaking with this bass it was just intense and and it was like we didn't see anything we, we just come down this one run it wasn't like it, it was, must have been tucked up behind some of the rocks or something, whatever it was, and I'm assuming it was a Bigfoot, and I'll get to that in a minute why, but um, yeah, we just stood there frozen, not able to move. Now, it wasn't that we were actually frozen, it was just we were frozen from fear because whatever made that sound, I was absolutely convinced was about to kill me. I thought I was about to die. Whatever made that sound was mad, and, and it was it, by the sound of the growl, It was so big you know i mean they they say don't ever run away from a bigfoot but you know you got two options either fight or flight well whatever made that sound was nowhere in my fight category that was not going to (laughs) happen that was that was going to kill me and so i I couldn't bring myself to turn around because the one thing that i wanted to take away from that is that i didn't have to watch it come at me you know it was like so terrifying it's in that split moment And and, and it just continued to growl. It didn't do anything. So a few seconds of it growling, and I'm like, what the hell is that? And my friend's like, I don't know, but we gotta get out of here now. And we both just ran down this boulder field, just, I mean, literally, breakneck speed, just getting down as fast as we could and away from there. And we probably ran for about a a three quarters of a mile straight through this forest. and, And we finally got to the road and nothing followed us. Nothing there, but there was this, it was just something I had in my head now for years. What could have made this growl? And and I had no answers because I knew what Bigfoot was, but in search, said it was over in Washington State. It wasn't in Minnesota. There's nothing in Minnesota. So I had this real question mark going on. It's like something growled. It was huge. It was big. It was coming from like eight feet behind me and above me. So I I don't know if it was standing there just looking at us or what, but It was the most incredibly frightened I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. And I carried it for years. And it wasn't until maybe a a decade, maybe 10, 15 years ago, that I started learning a little bit about Bigfoots. And I started to learn um, things that are attributed to them, like the tree breaks and and some of the signs to look for. And and about a a decade ago, I went back up in those, no, it was actually about eight years ago. I went back up into the the hills there. I had since heard that Bigfoot could be in the area, but I was like, well, we'd never seen anything, never even heard of people seeing anything. But I went back up into that area and looked around, and I found a shelter, and all the shelter was made was broken, big broken sticks. I found a tree break of an 8-inch diameter sapling that was broken with nothing falling on it. It was just broken. It's not snow-loaded. Um, we don't get snow load breaks in Minnesota. That is something out here in the in the West from the, the conifer trees and stuff, get snow load breaks and stuff, but these are all hardwoods. So whatever broke this was, you know, pulled on it and broke it. Then there's no tracks, nothing hit it, but it was broke about three and a half feet off the ground. And it's just this, you know, this th- something this size, and I'm, I'm making a, a, I don't know, about a big softball size or larger, just snapped. Mm-hmm. And I found um, that structure, and I found uh, a, a tree branch that was like, a, it was it was really fresh. Like something might have been pushed out of there when I came into the area, but it was like a maple uh, sapling branch, but it was stripped of all its bark, and it was still tacky to the touch. Hmm. I was like, you know, and, then, and I was like, oh, my God, could, they, could this be a Bigfoot? Is this really what this could be? And, and maybe they eat bark, you know. You always see the primates, like, yeah. grabbing things and stripping off the bark and chewing on it. So all of a sudden it occurred to me, maybe they eat sapling barks as part of their diet. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I'm finding these signs and then it hit me like, oh my God, all that, all those years ago, maybe it was a Bigfoot, but I can't, can't say for sure, but I can't think of what else it could have been.
3: Now, Wes on uh, Sasquatch Chronicles always likes to ask his guests what they (laughs) think that Sasquatch is. And he always says, there's no wrong answers. But, uh, you know, you've delved into it quite a bit more, and and you've had Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a lot of uh, Bigfoot, uh, quote-unquote, experts on your show, like uh, Duke from uh, World Bigfoot Radio. So what do you think Bigfoot is?
4: You know, there was a time,
3: and in fact, when I was on Wes's show, the way I answered it was I thought it was
4: some kind of hominid that had just existed around us, was adept enough to avoid us, and, and could. But now i think that bigfoot is 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 possibly a bunch of things i don't think that there's one thing that bigfoot is i think it's i think there are things that that may resemble uh each other but i don't know that they're all one and the same and and i you know i've interviewed ron moorhead on my show and got into his quantum bigfoot talking and i've interviewed witnesses that have seen them disappear in front of them i've you know interviewed people that talk about the UFO stuff and right. I don't know. I you know, I really don't know. I wish I did because my my I liked my old definition because it was comfortable. It could be just <laughs> this creature that was out there. But now I don't know because is it is it is it paranormal or is it is it aware of you know natural features of our world and our reality that we aren't? You know, could they be utilizing natural portals that appear and disappear, uh, you know? Right. I, there's so many questions, I don't know. But I, I think it's probably somehow related to us. I really do, I think that that's accurate. That it's some other branch of us. But is it uh, a branch ahead of us or behind us or uh, somewhere off to the side
3: of us? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the bigfoot crowd you know the people in the pacific northwest and and uh, even out here a little bit you you get uh, a lot of flack if you bring up the paranormal part of oh, sure. of sasquatch everybody wants to believe it's just a, a giant gorilla running around the bush and it's you know it's like you said it's the ultimate survivalist you know yeah. avoids people at all costs but then there are those uh there are those times where people will follow the footprints through the snow in a field and then it just stops. Yeah. And like, where did it go? Like a helicopter didn't pick it up. It didn't jump and up and fly <laughs> off. Right. And you, you hear about, like even the first time that I ever went out uh, up in uh, Northern Ontario, at night, we saw the orbs moving through the trees. Ooh, nice! And we and we we had uh, interactions with them with the wood knocking and the whistling. We saw the eye shine and everything else. But you know, how to explain these orbs, right? And there's just so so much uh, paranormal activity around mm. them at times that you just can't ignore that and just and just focus on the giant hominid part all the time,
2: right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I said I missed that
3: because mm-hmm. that was easy that was
4: convenient that was you know that was it was nice to be able to I guess that's our our, our, our imperative is to put labels on things and categorize them but you know, I don't know what they are I, I don't know what they're capable of no. um, I, I would like to think that they're intelligent and that they're obviously not trying to go out of their way to hurt people but then you hear some stories that sounds like they do so I guess they're pretty individual whatever they are and there's all kinds of personality types, just like there's lots of different people. That's right. There's lots of different of these things too. So whatever they are, you know, I I don't know. I have more questions than answers, brother. Does <laughs> Idaho get a lot of sightings? Oh yeah, yeah, we get yeah. a lot around here. I'm you know, it's it's sparsely populated, so you know, the the sightings probably seem like there's less, but it's just because there's no population density around here. There's just right. these scattered places that people are.
2: Mm. I, well i've gotten a little observation here for you too <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um as you've been talking you're you come off with a different vibration so I'm, I'm kind of wondering too when you when you're you're connecting with the ufos your connection with uh sasquatch you know if that's because you've got this different vibration and it's quite unique actually
3: oh okay well that's cool
2: right
3: <laughs> there you go write that down <laughs> but there are but there but there are also parallels between people who can see spirits you know like like me and you where we've had the ufo experience we've had the bigfoot experience we've had the the poltergeist uh spirits you know and it's a lot of people might Look at us and go. These guys are full of crap.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, they're,
3: they're just trying to promote themselves, and they're trying to keep things right. interesting on on their their shows. But when you start talking to other people, and they say, "Yeah, I saw a UFO," and, and well, what about ghosts? Oh yeah, I grew up mm-hmm. in a haunted house. And yep. you know, mm-hmm. they say, "Well, what about Bigfoot?" And they're like, "Well, I, you know, I don't really want to say, but I was camping one time and I saw." You know, yep. So it's almost like like Rachel said, your our vibration levels. Are, are enhanced or yeah. different than the normal person, then maybe they present themselves to us because we give off a, a signal.
2: Definitely. Or, yeah.
3: or we're just, I don't know.
2: Little beacons here. <laughs> <Our> little beacons <laughs> are
3: going up, right?
4: Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think that that's probably true. I think that, you know, I, I think we are multidimensional beings as well it's you know it's again it gets back to that idea that it's part of our makeup it's part of being a being I mean at our core we're energetic Um, and I think that things like astral projection and uh, out-of-body experiences would reinforce that Mm -hmm. and give us glimpses to the idea that we are multidimensional we we probably have a lot of abilities that we've long since forgotten about absolutely you know been trained out of us or however you look at it but um, I think that's you know the potential of people is incredible it's just incredible and it's exciting, but unfortunately, we, we tend to get too mired down into the you know the illusions of our world and our you know day to days and stuff, and we forget to be these multi-dimensional beings that we are.
3: Yeah, and we're always forget to look up from our phones too, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. And I think that that's 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 really a, a symptom of people desperately wanting to see and break out of the normal. You know, I think that that's why people love the paranormals because you know, it breaks them out of the mundane. People don't like it. I mean, if you look at what's going on in the world right now, people are anxious, and, and I think they're anxious. They, I think in a lot of cases they don't know why they're anxious, but I think there's a huge shift going on right now. <laughs> I think that people are, are waking up, and they're and the reality that used to be fine for you know, generations suddenly it doesn't fit anymore. It's like everybody's wearing underwear that's way too small and, and they don't know what to do about
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why well, we can be... only see you from the waist up, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say. You've got, you've got your Borat phone on there? <laughs> <laughs> the
4: marble bag. But the marble no, bag. I think, it's, I think, I think it's, it's something that we are and I, I think that we don't, we don't understand how incredible we are. And and we've we've forgotten that and and I think that this is part of a, an evolution of sorts and I'm hoping that it goes the right way because it feels like we're really polarized right now and that's of course scary and and it's 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 concerning but I I think that I think that now is a period of of things being drawn into the light so we can see exactly how deep the illusions ran and how broken things are and that's right hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get back to you know taking care of each other and, and building and becoming better and, and making a better
2: world now this um inquisitive mind that you have is this just started with you or or are there generations before you like your grandfather or anybody that was quite inquiring of what you've been inquiring
4: <laughs> no I think it's pretty unique to me in fact I grew up I mean my mom and I are real close and she's uh, she's never been vocal about it but it's funny because as I've as I've emerged in this stuff and, and have talked to her about it, it's funny because all of that stuff was lying underneath the surface. She just never talked about it. And so we've had some great dialogue and discussions about these things and things she's experienced and things she's seen. And And I think that, you know, I I don't know. It, I'm the only one I know about, but I, I think my mom and perhaps her mother as well, my grandmother, um, it seems to you know be definitely a trait on the female line. My dad's side was very stoic and you know very uh i don't know old school and never showing emotions and stuff so i, I think if it if it existed in my lineage it's from my mom's side
3: <laughs> incredible i guess we're gonna wrap things up yeah we'll have to have brent back uh yeah another time brent how do how do we find you how do our listeners find you Where do they, where do they look well, I tell you what, you can find me on YouTube.
4: We've got over 780-some episodes on our in our back catalog there on YouTube. So just go to YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio. And you can find our podcast anywhere there's podcasts, uh, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, iHearts, uh, Stitcher, CastBox, Google Play, Anywhere there's podcasts, you'll find the Paranormal Portal. So just search for the Paranormal Portal, and we've got about 170-some episodes there or more. So, yeah, Excellent. we're
3: all over the place. Awesome. And anything new coming up? Or <clears throat> Every day is new. All
4: right. All right.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> nothing, I mean, it, yeah, we've got a lot of things in development, but nothing I'm ready to unveil yet. No? Okay.
3: <laughs> Fantastic. Brett, thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, hope to talk to you again and that was that was fantastic. Brett Thomas paranormal portal, go check him out.
0: Phantom Faction podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. At